Hey, welcome back to e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. My name is Nathan Resnick. Today we have Sandy from Rectified on. Sandy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So before we start, I want to learn more about your background. How did Rectified get started? How long have you been in e-commerce? Let's learn more about you. Yeah, so I am the founder of Rectified Inc. It's a digital consultancy agency. I started it in 2017. I have been a marketer since 2004. And every time I say this date, everybody's, oh my God, you, you don't look that old. But yeah, I started in 2004. I've always been on the product side. And in 2017, I decided to go to the other side of the spectrum and start my own consultancy agency. We're not the traditional agency. We don't do Instagram and TikTok and Pinterest and all of that. We offer those things, but we always look at things from a holistic point of view. So I look at every single brand and every single strategy that they're following, all the tactics they're doing, and then we give them the right recommendations. We specialize in e-commerce direct-to-consumer brands, so nothing related to dropshipping and Amazon and all of that. It's actually companies who want to have their own brand, build their own brand, and sell it on their own e-commerce website. Amazing, amazing. I'm really excited to dive in, and I appreciate you taking the time. I want to start just with a general question because... E-commerce has changed so much over the past four or five years, right? The growth during COVID of e-commerce was insane. There were so many supply chain issues. And then on the digital marketing front, acquisition has changed so much with iOS 14. So I want to just start by asking, how are the brands that you work with doing? What's the general pulse that you're seeing in e-commerce right now? I believe that if a brand has the right foundation, they can survive in every ecosystem as long as they can adapt quickly to the changes that are happening. There's a lot of new changes. Changes will always happen. The e-commerce world is rapidly evolving. But what we always tell, what I always tell our customers and our clients is that they need to have the right foundation and build the brand on it. So once they have everything figured out, they know what their brand is, they know who they're serving, they know what they're going to do, they can easily adapt to all the technological changes that are out there, basically. Makes a lot of sense. I'm curious, from a technological standpoint, we talked a bit about how brands can adapt. What do you think about ways to track sales across platforms with sites like Triple Whale and Hyros and stuff like that. Do you see that being as a vital tool for e-commerce brands in today's ecosystem? Honestly, I'm not familiar with those tools. This is not where we intervene. This is not where we come from. My agency comes at the part where we're building the brand. We're giving their brand identity. We're telling them what to do. We're telling them the different marketing strategies that they need to follow. But in very tactical things, we have our network of experts that we work with in terms of who needs to do their email. We send them to the email person. They need to do SEO. We send to the SEO person and they need to do ads. We send them to the ads person. So that's how they consolidate everything together and then they measure the results basically. Makes a lot of sense. So maybe let's dive in tactically, right? Let's say I run a e-commerce brand that's doing $5 million a year in revenue and I want to take it to $10 million a year in revenue. How would you guide me in terms of how do I scale this brand? How do I become an eight-figure brand and go from mm. mid seven figures to eight? Maybe if you can walk through some of the points of advice that you would give mm. to a brand owner in that situation. Yeah. From 
my experience, most of the brands I worked with, they're in the high six figure, seven figure brands, but somehow they're plateauing. They don't know what they're doing. It's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. So let's do Google ads. Let's do, let's be on TikTok. Let's do this podcast, etc. In most of the cases, what I notice is that they don't know their why. They don't know why they exist. They don't know who the ideal audience is. Let me give you an example of a brand that I worked with. It's a footwear brand, for example. They thought that they're targeting Gen Z. They went viral on TikTok and everybody was buying from them. But then their ads were performing very well on Facebook, for example. And their messaging was about uh, healing their feet and using like very medical terms for like older people, for people in their 50s and their 60s. Mm. And they came to me and they're like, why are we not selling on TikTok and we're selling on Facebook? And just by looking at them, their messaging is completely different. You go on their website, it's a different world, different colors, different brand identity, the words they're using, the things they're doing on TikTok are not aligned with the things they're doing on Instagram or on Pinterest or on Facebook. So the first thing we do is just see where they are, what kind of a message they're conveying to the outside world. And in the majority, like 80% of the brands that we worked with, they're not aligned. Like every single platform is different. Every single touch point is different. And this is where I usually start by defining who they are, what they do, who they're targeting, what is the identity that they want to show to the outside world, what kind of personality, are they like a crazy cool brand or are they serious, are they classic, are they fancy? You cannot say I'm selling scented candles that are luxury scented candles while you're making them in your basement. It has to be aligned with what the actual brand is. So this is always the starting point. Once we define all of these attributes, everything else becomes easier. It becomes easier to do your emails. It becomes easier to run your ads because you have the right messaging. You have the right branding, your identity, your voice. So everything else aligns. How do you make sure that a e-commerce brand has a brand that really connects with their consumers? Do you test on different ad platforms like you mentioned, whether it be Facebook and TikTok? Do you make sure that they follow their own brand guidelines? A lot of these brands might not even have brand guidelines. So I'm curious, as you dive into the weeds with a six or seven figure brand that wants to scale, it sounds to me like messaging a lot of times is disconnected. And it seems like they almost need to do an internal audit to see where the disconnect is between their messaging and the consumer. And so I'm curious, what are some tactics and ways to understand if messaging is working and how do you rapidly test messaging to really find markets that you can scale in? For me, it just becomes something, it's a natural thing. The minute I see something and I go on their different platforms, I immediately detect it. It became like a habit. So I immediately see, oh, why are you doing this on Facebook? Oh, why is this on TikTok? If you want to sell something that's for 60-year-olds, why are you putting it on TikTok? And let's say they have UGC creators. Why are they 20? This product is for 60-year-olds. It's basic things like that. But when somebody, a brand founder or a marketing team is inside that ecosystem, they stop seeing things because when you're in it, you're like, 
blinded by what you're doing and sometimes you're just like consumed with your daily tasks you stop seeing that so for me it's super easy when I come from the outside and I see it I immediately detect all the things that are happening with their brands and then we keep testing you can test different sales pages you can test different colors you can test different things if you have a larger audience you can even ask them do you like this or do you like that so there are different ways that you can get feedback from your audience and see what they like yeah, I love, I think it's really important to get feedback from your audience, like you're saying. And one of the best ways I've seen that work is through Facebook groups. I don't know if you work with any brands that have and run their own Facebook group, but it seems like an incredible way to pool their potential customers. And we can always send an email, but for whatever reason I find, and I've seen that in Facebook groups, you know, oftentimes mm -hmm. the consumers are much more engaged and willing to give feedback. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see what kind of are the main platforms that you get feedback from? Is it mostly email and SMS? Social media, yeah, social media and email mostly. There's always a communication happening between the brand and the client, of course, with email and SMS. And on social media, if they have a larger following, we always run polls. We always ask questions. We even test like the same subject or the same product. We display it in two different ways. We post it in two different ways. And then we see the reactions and the comments. Yeah, it's always about testing and analyzing the information that we have at hand. And nowadays in digital marketing, Everything is measurable, so we can easily access that right. information and see what's working and what's not working. Makes a lot of sense. Do you have any success stories that you can share in regards to how you've helped scale a brand? I know a lot of people listening, they love to hear how brands went from seven figures or seven, eight figures. Do any really cool success stories come mm. to mind that you could share? Yeah. I really love the footwear brand example that I mentioned earlier because it's one of the people who actually were they were they always had like aha moments when I hopped on a call with them I would say why is this blue why is this pink here oh my god yeah we didn't notice so they always saw that they were making seven figures I did not take them there but now they're going to the to a, a whole other level because they identified their customers they saw that they're selling more on Facebook and this footwear that this product that they're selling is actually comfortable and older people like it because it doesn't give them joint pain and that kind of stuff and 20 year olds loved it when it was a trend on TikTok in 2020 but they don't love it anymore now that it's 2022 and 2023 I really love that example we help them develop their brand identity where they want to go what they want to do nowadays they're also going not only e-commerce but they're also going offline, let's call it a brick and mortar, not through their own stores, but to big department stores. So wow. they're going to really good places. Yeah. Wow. At what stage do you think an e-commerce brand should start exploring retail distribution? Is there a certain stage that a brand should really open up the doors to going a retail route? I don't know if all brands should go the retail route. Sometimes going there hurts them more than helps them in selling more. But they should be aware of the distribution, the cost. Sometimes direct-to-consumer brands, they sell 
through their own e-commerce websites to cut down on all those middlemen costs, the people that are linked between the department store and you and the gain that the department store will make. So if you don't have that margin, also you have to take that into consideration and stay, direct to, stay in the direct-to-consumer lane. So it all depends on where you are in your brand and how much you can produce. That also plays a large role. If you're buying from a manufacturing plant or if you're making things yourself you're buying your own machines it becomes a whole other story how much you can produce can you deliver to this store or to that store so there are so many things to take into consideration it's not like an absolute revenue number that you have to take into account makes a lot of sense as we wrap up here one of my favorite questions that i get to ask is what is one question i didn't ask you that you want to answer. So this is a time where you can think of a question that you want to ask yourself and then you get to answer it. So it could be about anything, e-commerce, branding, whatever comes to mind. That's a difficult one. What is one question that I would like to be, I don't know, what would you like to, would you like to ask me? Is there anything on your mind? It's your time to pick a topic yeah. that, you know, you speak mm. a lot about and really dive in. And so it could be, mm regards to anything e-commerce or branding that brands utilize to have a lot of success. Maybe at what point in their startup they should think about all those things like their brand identity, their brand voice, especially if they're starting from scratch and they do not have all those fundings, they do not have VCs backing them and all of that. At what level should they start thinking about all these things that we already talked about. Makes sense. What level do you yeah. think that is? <laughs> For me, if you don't have the backup and the funding and the money and all of that, you don't have to do it from day one because day one, you don't even know if your product is going to be liked by people, if they're mm -hmm. going to love it. You have small quantities. You just take this and put it online and hope that something is going to happen. You post some things on social media. But then if you reach six figures, think about it. If you have a $100 product, for you to sell 100K, you need X amount of products or to sell 500K. It means that there's this large quantity of products that are being sold. It means that somebody likes this product and more people like this person will love your product. That's when you can start thinking, okay, I'm making good money. I have the funds. Maybe I can invest in a consultant or an agency or be part of a mastermind group or whatever it is to help me take this to the next level because I'm just a creator. I'm not a business person. I'm not a marketer. I'm not a finance analyst. I don't know what they are, but they just created a product and they put it out there. I believe that in the six figures, you have a validation for your product and that's where you can take things to the next level. Makes a lot of sense. It reminds me on the supply chain side that Sourceify deals with. There's a company that we work closely with called ISBA that is like a supply chain consultancy that helps set up the right fulfillment and the right supply chain processes. And once you hit that six figure mark, it's definitely time to start investing in your supply chain and make sure you have sustainability there and the right process. And I think the similar goes with a brand is what it sounds like. Yes. Mm, Sandy, definitely. thank you so much for coming on e-commerce on tap. Before we wrap up, where can people find you and rectify it if they want to get in touch? 
Yeah, I'm everywhere on social media. It's my name. The handle is my name. They can also join the Direct-to-Consumer Founders Club. It's actually a Slack community. They can access it through rectified.co and there will be a form that they can fill and we'll invite them to the Slack community. Amazing. Thank you again, Sandy, for coming on e-commerce on tap. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you.